we spoke about the Holy Spirit, and we talked about how we finished up the series about who God was, and we ended with the Holy Spirit, how when Jesus went back up and ascended into heaven, how he left us the Holy Spirit. And we looked in the book of Acts, and we saw how the Holy Spirit's presence fell upon the apostles. And so that was a wonderful um, end kind of to see. But then that kind of left us hanging, like, okay, we see the Holy Spirit fell on them, but how does it apply to our lives today? So last week we talked about how we have the Holy Spirit fill us, right? And sometimes it's hard to fill up a place that's full of other things, right? And we, we looked at the scripture where it talked about how there's envy and malice and anger and rage and all these different things in us, right? Am I the only one here that can admit and say there's sometimes there's other things in me than just gentleness and peace, right? Sometimes there's, there's other things in there, you know? And so what we, what we said was we have to recognize sometimes the negative, and we have to, you know, make an effort, say, okay, I'm going to suppress that. I'm going to, you know, sometimes we have to cast those things out. Sometimes we have to just be aware that they're there. And instead, ask the Lord to fill us and nurture, right, the parts of us that we want to be leading and guiding our lives. And, you know, I, I know that there's, what is it, like a wise, I don't know if it's a parable or a fable, where it talks about how there's two wolves in you, right, the good and the bad. And he says, well, Grandpa, which one, you know, and he said, the one that you feed the most, right? So how do we feed or how do we fill ourselves with that Holy Spirit? Well, the Bible is very clear. We just simply have to invite him in. It says, you know, in the, I think it's like Luke 11 or it might have been Matthew 11, where Jesus, they're talking about prayer. And they say, you know, teach us how to pray. And at the end of it, he's using the example and he says, you know, if you parents know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Father give you the Holy Spirit when you ask? So he says you simply need to ask, right? Just like we ask Jesus into our heart, we say, I believe in you, Jesus, for salvation. We have to say, I believe you, Father God, that you have the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come fill me. And I want those good gifts. I want the fruits that come from that. We see it here in Galatians chapter 5. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. He's basically saying, if you have those things, you don't need to be worrying about, you know, because these Jewish people were so worried about fulfilling the laws, you know, and the Gentile people weren't under the law. So he's saying, look, if you have the Holy Spirit in you, and you're operating out of love, and you have self-control... You don't need the law, right? The law was for the people that didn't have that. The law was for the people that had no self-control, so we had to put up some boundaries and controls around them. Now, most of us don't have great self-control, so we do put up some boundaries. We are aware, right? We do have certain things that we kind of put up around us and say, like, you know, for, for some people, they say, okay, I'm not going to eat after 8 o'clock, right? Because I just, I know I'm going to eat too much, and right? Whereas... Whereas if we were operating in that Holy Spirit self-control, we would know, like, eh, I don't need that. So sometimes we do put up some boundaries around us, and it helps us until we've mastered, right, that self-control in that area of our life. Or, you know, I'm not going to go to the bars because I know I'm going to drink too much, or I'm not going to go here, or I'm not going to go on the Internet after midnight, or whatever, whatever your boundaries are. 
But ultimately, he's saying, if you have that fruit of the Spirit in you so deep and you're so operated by it and you're just led by the Spirit, you don't even need to worry about that because you would be operating, right, with that self-control. But the reality is, right, some of us, we don't know always what to do. And so that's where this Holy Spirit is amazing. See, in life sometimes, we don't know what to do. Do we? I mean, I don't know about you, but there's times where I'm just like, I don't know what to do. And the thing is, is there's so many different choices, right? Like, okay, I, um, I, like I can think of a time when one of our, um, you know, kids cut themselves. Well, do I just put a Band-Aid on it or do I take them to the emergency room? Do I call up the pediatrician's office? Do I just simply not worry about it, right? Like, okay, here's an example of I have a child that's wounded and I have three or four different choices of what to do with it. And that's when you need that Holy Spirit to guide you to know how do I move forward with this situation. Most of us, with a situation like that, we don't, we don't think to ask the Holy Spirit. We make a judgment call, like, eh, it doesn't look that bad. It's stopped bleeding already. Let's just throw a little ointment on it, throw a Band-Aid on it, you're good, right? Or if it's like, eh, it won't stop bleeding, it looks kind of deep, I'll take them to ReadyMed, let them decide, right? Let them say, like, oh, it needs stitches, or oh, it's fine, right? Or, oh, wow, it's so deep, let's give them stitches and an antibiotic, right? You're going to somebody above you for that wisdom to know what to do. Now, when I say the Holy Spirit wants to heal us, because last week, right, it was fill me, but now when we get filled with him, one of the things we get is healing. And we know in Isaiah, we just were talking about that, when Jesus went to the cross, it says, by his wounds we are healed. The punishment that brought us peace was put upon him. We know that Jesus came and he gave us salvation, he gave us peace, and he gave us healing. Why did he give us three specific things? Because we are made in his image, and God is three, and we are three. So we have a body, we have a soul, and we have a spirit. My body needs physical healing, right? My spirit needs to feel forgiven and cleansed so I can be in communion with God. And then my soul, the part of me that has relationships, right, my personality, who I am here on earth, needs to have peace. So just like Jesus went to the cross to bring us into wholeness, all three parts of us, right, the Holy Spirit comes in then and tries to help us with those three things, right? So Jesus came, he died on the cross for our sins and for us to be able to have the Holy Spirit. We ask him to fill us, and then now we have to know how to use that fillingness of him, that gift, these fruits in our lives, to bring healing to all these different areas of our life. All right? So there have been times where I've had a physical ailment. I remember one time I just would be sore all the time. I just, you know, my back would hurt, my legs would hurt, and I always just blamed it on my feet. And I thought, oh, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to the foot doctor and say, give me some insoles. What do I need to do? And I remember the doctor saying, like, well, I can fix this. And I'm like, I didn't know you could do that. So I had foot surgery on my one foot, and then I had surgery on the other foot, and then I had them go in and do this and do that. And, and guess what? When I got done with all the surgeries, I was probably 85% better. And I thought, oh, wow, that was great. I'm glad that I was led to this particular doctor and I had him fix my feet. But I still would have times where I just, just didn't feel good. And I was so tired and exhausted. It didn't seem to matter what I would do. I'd get on the treadmill and, 
And I'd go, I'd go on tours, like say if my husband and I were visiting a town, I used to always tell him, I'm like, you know when you can't keep up, when you first you start off, you're right at the front with the tour guide, you can hear everything he's saying, and then the next thing you know, all the young people that are athletic have passed you by. And now you're walking back with the families with the young children, right? And then all of a sudden you're so tired, all of a sudden now you're back with the people that maybe are a little bit older, right? And then all of a sudden I was back with the smokers, you know? And it's like the tour guide is gone and I'm trying to keep up. And I remember um, all of a sudden we found a bench and everybody sat down and I sat down. I looked at my husband. I said, oh, it's time for a smoke break. And my husband's like, we don't smoke. I'm like, I need to sit. <laughs> I'm like, it's a smoke break. Like, you know, and I would just be like, what's wrong with me? Like, I'm 30 years old and I can't keep up walking with a group of people. And so I remember I had to pray and I had to say, Lord, like, what is wrong in my physical body? Like, why can't I keep up? Like, I've tried to get on the treadmill. I've tried to do all these different things. Show me. And all of a sudden, he had me start researching a few things. Just different conversations came up. And I found myself downstate at a, uh, an infectious disease doctor. Kind of like, you know, have you ever seen that TV show House, where he would kind of, like, figure out weird things? This, like, literally on his website, it said, the house of Michigan, you know, or something like that, meaning like Dr. House, like where he can, he can figure out these weird things. And I ended up making an appointment, and he ran all these tests that other doctors I had been to for years never ran. And all of a sudden, come to find out, it's, it was called ASO was positive. So basically, it, you all know about little kids getting strep throat. You know how you get strep throat? Well, when I was little, I used to get strep throat all the time, and they finally took my tonsils out. Well, if when you're little, they don't catch the strep in your throat, and you don't take your antibiotics all the way through, the strep then can get into your blood system, and it can get into your joints, and it can get into the area around your heart. So it was like my heart had this, like, infection constantly around it, like in the, I think it's like the sac around it, and then the sac around your joints. So my joints would ache, and my heart just, I couldn't physically keep up with other people. And so he was like, this is what's been going on, and it's, you know, it has different names. It can be as bad as be rheumatic fever, or you can just kind of live with it long term. Well, here's the thing. I had to ask, and I had to have the Holy Spirit lead me, and I had to have wisdom to show me what is going on, and it was something very odd that nobody would have thought of. And so then he put me on a certain medication to take care of it, and then I felt so much better. I hadn't felt so much better for a long time. Why do I say all that? Sometimes what you need healing for you don't even know where to start, right? When we say, I'm angry all the time, Lord, just take this anger away, you don't even know how to start. How do, well, how do I, where do I even begin, right? Sometimes God will do something miraculous, right? And somebody will come in and I'll pray and I'll be like, all right, let's pray for this anger, the spirit of anger, spirit of rage to leave you. And I might pray just like Jesus did in some of the cases and say, in the name of Jesus, spirit of rage leave. And it miraculously happens. And I've had that happen with people and they felt better. But other times, right, only about a third of the time did Jesus command a demon to leave a person. The other two thirds of the time, it was healing. And for sometimes he would give them more instructions or there would be different things that had to happen, right? One guy, he was blind and he just said, be healed and he could see. Another guy, it was, let's put some mud on there, right? Let's wash it with mud a couple times. And then all of a sudden he was better. So even with Jesus, he didn't always do it the same every single time. Every single person was different. So sometimes a person comes and I pray for them for the rage and the anger to leave, and they come back a few days later and they say, I don't feel any different. 
I say, well, what are you angry about? Let's sit down and talk, right? Just like that infectious disease doctor had to sit down and talk to me and then run some tests, sometimes I got to sit down with a person and talk to them and find out, well, you know what? This really all started when I was five and I watched somebody, you know, murder my mother or whatever, right? And then all of a sudden, okay, okay, here was the root. Here was the thing that happened. So just like when I was five and I got strep throat and that strep bacteria got down into my joints, right? And now I know the root and I know how to treat it. This person has an emotional wound that came into their life when they were five, right? And they saw this, this happen. And so then it's like, okay, now I know what the cause is. I know how we can treat it. Now let's pray about forgiveness. Now let's talk about this. Well, and a lot of times we have misconceptions. Well, if I forgive them, then that's saying it's okay that they did it. I'm like, no, it's not. Forgiveness doesn't mean that what they did was okay. Forgiveness doesn't mean they become your new best friend, right? Forgiveness means that you're no longer going to try to hold that rage and anger to want to hurt them back. You're forgiving their debt. They no longer have to pay you back. At this point, they can't bring your mother back, right? So you have to either release that, and you have to recognize that forgiveness is not the same as reconciliation. It's not the same as trusting that person again. And so that's something that we have to go through and talk about. So why do I say all of this? I'm saying Holy Spirit's going to heal us, but I'm telling you it's really complicated. Because I have to be truthful and honest with you, right? A lot of times we go to God and we say, fix me. And then we're mad at God when he doesn't fix us. And the reality is we can look through God's word and see that he doesn't do everything always the same. Why? Because we're all unique. We're all different. Every person's situation is different. I mean, and you guys know this because of how your body is. If somebody walked up here and, and they were, had a cut on their arm, and I said, oh, you just need to take some vitamin C. Don't wrap it up. You're fine. You'd look at me like I was crazy, right? <laughs> but if somebody else came in with some sniffles, and I said, oh, your immune system's probably going down. You're probably getting a cold. Let's give you some extra vitamin C. That would make sense, right? Or if somebody came in and said, I've been feeling really depressed, Okay, well, let's talk about it. Well, you know, I just had my grandma die. Okay, well, it sounds like the depression is probably normal, right? And that's something we're going to process and grieve, and we'll see how you're feeling in six months. Here's some things we're going to do. But if you came in in March and you said, oh, my gosh, I'm so depressed. Every year by the time March comes around, I'm super depressed, I might say, well, this sounds like seasonal affective disorder, right? Where it's like every season, it's wintertime. How are your vitamin D levels? Like, are you taking a supplement? Anybody in the state of Michigan, once wintertime hits, you need to be taking some extra vitamin D. We know that if our bodies don't have that, that it's going to affect our brains and how we function. So I'll talk to people where I'll be like, all right, let's, you know what? Let's pray about this. Let's ask the Lord to heal you. But he also gives us wisdom, and I'm really feeling strongly Let's have, go get some vitamin D gummies at Rite Aid, right? And get some, maybe some St. John's wort for a while. And obviously, you got to know if you're on other antidepressants and other medications, those things could interfere. I'm not diagnosing anybody today. I'm using this as an example. But that person might call me back three weeks later and say, oh, my gosh, I feel so much better. And then the next winter will come around. I'll get a call from them in about January, and they say, I'm starting to feel bad again. Well, hey, have you been taking your vitamin D? Oh, you're right. That helped last year. I forgot. And then they start taking their vitamin D and they begin to feel better. So what I've learned, this promise from God to be with us and to guide us is promised from the Holy Spirit. We're, we're promised that the Holy Spirit 
will lead us and guide us. I'm trying to remember here where in the scriptures it talked about that. Um, there's a few different places where it talks about that. I'm gonna, I'll start from the beginning and go through here. So we looked at Galatians. Let's look here at Psalms chapter 34, starting in verse 17. It says, The righteous cry out, and the Lord hears them. He delivers them from all their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted, and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. The righteous person may have many troubles, but the Lord delivers him from them all. He protects all of his bones. Not one of them will be broken. I love this passage because, see, Satan sometimes will whisper in our ears, see, God has left you. God doesn't care about you. If God was really there for you, then why would you feel this way? But that's not true. Just because we believe in Jesus and we have God on our side doesn't mean that we're not going to experience earth and the brokenness of earth and the hard times of being on earth, right? When I'm in heaven, there will be no more weeping. There will be no more sorrow. But while I'm here on earth, there's going to be pain. There's going to be suffering. And that's why we need God. He says, the righteous cry out, and the Lord hears them. See, when we're going through a hard time, sometimes we think, well, something must be wrong. God must be mad at me, so I can't ask him for help. But that's the opposite of what God actually wants us to do. He wants us to cry out to him. He says, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. But are we inviting him in? Are we recognizing that he's with us? He says, he saves those who are crushed in spirit. Have you ever felt like your spirit was just crushed? So much anguish, so much sorrow. Sometimes we get bitter when that happens, you know, and then, and then we're, we either get mad at ourselves, we get mad at somebody else, or we get mad at God. It's very rare that I talk to somebody that's really mad at Satan. <laughs> I'll be honest, I'm just saying, like most of the time, because we think, well, God can fix this, why isn't he fixing it? Right? It's kind of like when you've got a kid who made it just big mess and you walk away and say, well, clean it up, and then they're mad at you for not helping them clean it up, and you're like, I didn't make that mess. Maybe right now I want you to learn to clean this up. And we have no idea what's going on in that parent's life. Maybe that parent needs to go make a phone call. Maybe that parent needs to go do whatever, right? And we don't understand why God doesn't fix it instantly the way we want it fixed. It says, the righteous person may have many troubles, but the Lord delivers him from them all. He protects all of his bones, and not one of them will be broken. But I love how it first starts off with the righteous cry out, and the Lord hears them. See, most of us aren't crying out and asking him for help, or we are crying out and asking for help, and we don't understand why it's not being fixed on our time schedule when we want it done, right? And we just don't realize sometimes God's timing is not our timing. We don't understand that. Romans chapter 8, starting in verse 26, it says, In the same way, the Holy Spirit, right, helps us in our weakness, We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through his wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. Okay, so Psalms tells us to ask God for help. And Romans tells us that sometimes we don't know what we need help for. Or sometimes we think that this will be the solution, and then in hindsight, six months later, we realize, like, oh, no, actually, this is what I needed. So that's where the Holy Spirit comes in. 
See, he guides us and he gives us the wisdom so that we know what we need. I think it's in John here. That's John chapter 14. Let me just read you this passage. It says, Jesus is talking about, he's about ready to go to the cross, and he says, all that I have spoken with you still, while I'm still with you, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all these things and will remind you of everything I say to you. So the Holy Spirit is the one who kind of teaches us, and he will show us what we need. He says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. All right. Now here we are. We're humans living in a broken world who know there is a God who created this heavens and the earth, who give us free will, who allow all of us to make our own choices. And he has promised us peace even though we might have to live through some storms. Peace in the midst of a storm. That's, that's huge, right? To be able to stand and be withstand the storm. But how do we do that? Well, everyone is different. Every single person is different. If we were told that there was going to be a 10-foot flood coming off the banks of the river and would flood this entire region, every single pe- person's situation would be different. Some people might be able to ride out the storm on the roof of their house. Some of you, your house might just totally be washed away and you need to get in your car and you need to drive to grandma's down in Novi, right? Some of you might be able to say, well, my house is far enough out of town, I'll probably be okay. And some of you might say, I'm going to, you know, reinforce and go get sandbags and save my house. See, your free will gives you the choice to decide how to handle the storm when it comes. The question is, is like, how do I know which is the right answer, though? And that's where we have to learn how to be led by the Holy Spirit to show us and to be with us. I remember once going to a hospital, and a person was sick, and she was going in for surgery the next day, and I said, I said, what are you believing God for? What are, what are you praying for? What do we want to ask God for? And she said, pray that the doctor is guided by God and that I heal quickly afterwards. I said, okay. So I prayed with her that the doctor's hands would be guided by him and that she would heal up quickly afterwards. And she called me up the next day and said, thank you for your prayers. The doctor said it went smoothly, that he was able to see something that he didn't even realize was there and it was, went a lot quicker than he thought and, and I'm already feeling better, right? God answered that prayer. And that was what she needed in that moment. But I remember going a few months later to see a different lady that was going to have surgery the next day. And I said, what are you praying for? What are you believing for? And she said, I want you to anoint me with oil and pray and believe that when the doctor opens me up, he finds nothing wrong with my heart and has to close me back up again. I said, okay. See, the Holy Spirit led her to have that faith in that moment to know that that's what she needed. So I prayed over her, even though they had done the scan that day. The next morning, she calls me up and said they just, they opened me up and they closed me back up. They said they could find no blockages in my heart. Nothing was wrong with me. Now, both women got their prayers answered, didn't they? And both women survived and, and, and are still alive today. But their, their issues were different and their answers were different. And by allowing the Holy Spirit to lead to show what you need is what the Holy Spirit wants to do. He wants to guide us. He wants to lead us. He wants to comfort us. 
So when I say, Holy Spirit, heal me, sometimes that means having the wisdom to see, okay, it's, hey, it's a spirit of lust, right? Let's pray and have that spirit of lust leave. And then all of a sudden, those desires and those things that were plaguing you are gone. And I've prayed for people like that. It's just miraculous, and it happens. For somebody else, right, I might pray, and they might be like, okay, they need to talk about what happened in their childhood and forgive some people and acknowledge some things that happened. And, and through the wisdom and the counsel, right, of the godly leaders God's brought around them or through counseling or through whatever group situation they might be in, all of a sudden, they talk about it, they forgive, they release, they go through the process, and all of a sudden, now this thing is no longer plaguing them, right? And sometimes with our body, again, it's one of those things where it's like, hey, Pastor Mary, pray for me. I remember this one person praying. He had to go in for a triple bypass, you know, where it was so bad they couldn't do the stents. And he had everybody from the church praying, and we all prayed for him. And God did a miracle in his life. He didn't have to have the triple bypass. But I remember him going home and not changing his lifestyle. He didn't stop eating the fatty foods that he ate. He didn't stop work, you know, he didn't start working out. He didn't do anything different. And then all of a sudden, a year later, he was back in the hospital again. And he said, I remember him saying to me, Mary, I don't understand. God already healed my heart once. And I said, well, I, I know. I said, but you didn't do anything then with wisdom or common sense to make sure that this didn't come up again, right? It's kind of like saying like, well, I don't know why my garbage can is full of trash. I took it out last week. It just keeps piling up. It stinks. I know when you come over, my trash can stinks. I'm like, well, take your trash out. Well, I already did that once. Well, you have to do it all the time, right? And that's one of the things with our body, with our soul, with our spirit. You don't just do these things once, right? You don't say, well, I ate a meal when I was two years old. I never have to eat again. Do you? No, you got to eat again. You got to eat again. You got to eat again, right? You don't change the baby's diapers once a day. Why? Because they fill it up throughout the day. And so just like we have to take care of our bodies, we can't just rely on only the miracle every time something is a crisis. We have to have that wisdom. I, I didn't write the verse down, but there's this great verse that talked about how your body is a temple of the Lord. Maybe I did. Is that the First Corinthians one, Jesse? It's how our body is a temple of the Lord. Oh, yep, I did. I did put it in here. I wasn't going to go there with all of you, but God has taken us there. So 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19, it says, Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. That's like huge. I mean, if you really think about that, we don't like that verse. I mean, we like to tuck that one aside, but we want to ask God to heal us when we're sick in our bodies, but we don't want to say, have I honored God with my body, right? Is this, is this something that happened because I didn't take care of myself? I mean, you know, it's like if somebody comes into me and says, I'm tired all the time, this might seem really practical, but guess what I asked them? What time do you go to bed at night? <laughs> How many hours of sleep are you getting? I know I'm supposed to be super spiritual. No, Mary, you're supposed to pray for me. I'm like, no, well, I'm going to pray for you. But there's also common sense and wisdom in the Bible. Let me get one to Proverbs and talk to you about, like, don't be a sluggard or, you know, go to sleep, get a good night's sleep. You know, um, how many of the laws in the Old Testament talked about not overeating or not eating the fat or doing this or that? There would be times of feasting, right? But, there, but between the feasting times, there'd be a lot of, like, rules about saying, like, 
you have to be careful what you put in your body, right? You have to be careful. And so, you know, I'll, I'll, pract- I'll be with practical with people. Like, well, if you keep going to bed at 2 o'clock in the morning when you know you got to be up at work by 6, don't be surprised if your body runs down, right? What can you do to take care of yourself? How can you help this? And that's what the Holy Spirit comes in. So my prayer for all of you today is going to be, is Holy Spirit, heal us. But number one, show us how we will receive that healing. Show us what we need to do to receive that healing. So just like when somebody says, oh my gosh, I broke my arm. I'm going to go to an expert and say, show me what to do to fix my arm. A lot of times we need to go to God to say, what do I need to do? Because he's the expert. The Holy Spirit says that he knows what we need when we don't know, right? Sometimes he'll direct us to go talk to somebody, right? If I go to the emergency room when Claudia broke her arm, they said, okay, we're going to put you in a splint to get you by, but now we want you to go to see this orthopedic surgeon, right, and see what they say. And see, sometimes we go to God. We say, God, I'm so depressed. And he's like, okay, I'm with you. I'm going to comfort you during this. But you need to go talk to your pastor, or you need to go talk to your doctor, or you need to go, right, you need to go do something more because maybe it's, it's a mind thing and, and your body needs some different chemicals, right? Sometimes it's a spiritual thing and you need to talk to a pastor, and sometimes it's a, an emotional thing and you need to talk to a counselor. I always tell people, if you really can't, haven't figured it out yet, do all three, right? When I'm praying for somebody and they say, well, well, Jesus, he cast out demons sometimes, and sometimes he healed. What, what do you think this is? I said, well, let's cast out the demon of infirmity, and let's pray for healing. Like, let's do both, right? Let's do it all. And let's do the practical. Get some better sleep. Get some vitamin D. Go see your doctor. We can use that wisdom and see those fruits, that wisdom, that Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit is to bring healing to you and in your particular situation. And I've been um, actually in trainings where the, the person who's leading the class will say, well, when I pray for people, this always works, right? And all you have to say is, be healed in the name of Jesus, right? And then I'll go to a different training, and these people will say, oh, this is what always works. We do a two-hour prayer session. We have them pray through forgiveness. We have them do this. We have them do this. And then, and then at the end, they're healed, right? And then I go to a different class, and they'll say, oh, we do all this counseling. And, and you know, it might take two years, and, you know, at one hour for a week for two years. And then that's how people have had healing. And, and then you have the medical doctor say, well, if you come and you take these drugs or you do this, and then that's how people receive healing. And I'm sitting back there looking through the Bible, saying, okay, Lord, what is the answer? And he's saying, the answers are so vast and unique because people are so vast and unique. And I want you to be trained in all these different ways because maybe this person needs to meet with you for one hour a week for two years, and at the end of it, they're going to be a totally different person. But maybe this person over here just needs you to walk up and say, be healed in the name of Jesus, and they're going to have a miracle, and they're healed. And the only way to know which way to treat all these different people, right, with God's word in different ways, is to have the Holy Spirit guide us and to sit back and say, okay, Lord, you show me what it is that people need. And I know I've had to do it for myself, and this is why I preach it, because you can do this for yourself. Moms, you can do this for your kids. 
sometimes you just need to sit back and say, okay, Lord, show me. I mean, and, and some of you are thinking like, well, Mary, I've been praying for years and I don't hear God's voice. I don't know what God's voice sounds like. I don't know what to do. Like, how, how does he guide me, right? Well, God talks to us all in different ways. I believe he wants to be able to verbally talk in your head like I hear God talk to me to everybody. But not all of us have sat down and really tried to listen to God's voice. And there's classes I could teach, and maybe this fall I'll teach one if I have enough interest of how to hear God's voice and biblically what it says about hearing the voice of God in your life. But for some of you, it's signs, right? Like you might have somebody bring something up, and then two days later somebody brings it up again, and then somebody suggests it again at the end of the week. And now people call me up and say, three different people this week all said the same thing. So I'm, I believe that was a sign from God, right? And sometimes God is very obvious with us with those things. Sometimes people call me up and they say, I had a dream, and it was very clear in my dream that I need to do this, right? Sometimes people, we just have wisdom where we just meet and we sit down and they go, I want, I want you know, you as a pastor to pray and to show me. Everybody is different in how they're going to hear from God. But I believe God will show you. And sometimes people will come to me and they'll say, Mary, I've tried everything and I still don't know. And I'll remind them. What did Jesus say when the apostles, or the disciples came to him and couldn't heal that little boy? And they said, why couldn't we do it? What does that mean? Every other time they prayed, they would always have something happen. But this time they couldn't. And what did Jesus tell them? Sometimes you need prayer and fasting. So don't come to me week after week with the same problem and we talk about everything, we try all these different things, and then be surprised when I say, okay, maybe it's time we fast. I'll fast with you. What day next week? Let's go 24 hours without eating and let's see what God will do. Let's see if something will change, right? And I, I mean, there's been miracles happen. Sometimes people feel like, well, I fasted and I fasted and nothing changed. And then other times I'll have people say like, wow, I've been praying and fasting for my child. And all of a sudden, two weeks later, all of a sudden, you know, something miraculous has happened in their life. And it's like, because we know God's word is true. We know that we're coming to him and we're interceding on behalf of our children and we're asking, okay? So we see here all these different areas, right? Our bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit. So sometimes when it's physical healing we need, it's, we got to have some wisdom with, hey, we need to um, maybe change our lifestyle, right? Like if I have somebody come to me that says, hey, I keep having problems with my sugar, well, maybe I'm going to suggest, you know, all right, let's pray and ask God to, to give you a miracle in your life right now with the effects that you're having with the sugar. But tomorrow you need to stop eating a Snickers for breakfast, Right? right? I mean, that's, you know, hey, you know what? I've got like this person in my life that every time they talk to me, they, they treat me bad and, and I'm crying. Well, maybe you need to stop talking to that person, right? Maybe you need to put your, a block on your phone and not talk to this person anymore. So there's always, there's the practical, which we cannot get away from. See, we want the miracle because we can still keep living this way and have the benefits of God. And God, in his mercy, will give us miracles once in a while. But if we don't change the practical, we can't be shocked and surprised when the problem comes back. We've talked about this before, right? If I have mice in the house, and I know there's a hole right there where they keep coming in, and I just keep putting mice traps out, and I'm mad every day when they keep coming out, well, I need to go learn how to stuff that hole, don't I? I need to do something different. Let's look here in First Peter. 
See, this is the problem. <laughs> First Peter says, humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. See, we want to cast our anxieties on him, and we want a miracle, don't we? We don't want to be worrying about these same problems all the time. We want a healing for our crushed spirit. We want restoration for our soul. We want healing for our body. And we say, well, I cast my anxieties on him. I pray and ask him for help, and that's all you do. And if you're doing at least that, that's great. But we got to mix in the practical. What is the practical? It starts here in verse 6. Humble yourselves. It's very humbling to ask him for help. It's very humbling to go to somebody else and say, Pastor Mary, I need help. I don't want you to know this, but every Friday night I got this problem, or every Saturday I'm dealing with this, or deep down in my heart I feel like I'm super depressed and I don't know if I want to keep living, right? That's, it's humbling to have to like, admit that to somebody. It's one thing to keep going to God, but to humble yourself and to go and say, I need more help than what I've got now. So number one, are you willing to ask for help? Are you willing to humble yourself under the mighty hand of God so that he then can lift you up in due time? And then he says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. That goes on. It says, be alert and of sober mind. What does that mean? Be aware of what's causing it. He says that your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion. He's not a lion. He doesn't get to devour you. But he sure acts like one, doesn't he? He sure is that loudest voice in your head, isn't he? But if you're alert and you're aware, you recognize, like, oh, that's just the enemy. He's just lying to me, but that's not the truth. I don't have to listen to that. It says, be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour and resist him. When he comes around and he says, I'm going to devour your body, so I'm going to tell you to go do this, this, and this, rather than you doing what you know is good for your body, you give in to what the roaring lion is tempting you to do, you're not resisting that. Right? If I know that I need to, you know, be careful of this disease coming back and I need to eat fresh fruits and vegetables and I need to work out and stay strong and I don't do it, I'm not resisting. I'm just giving in and then I need a healing again, right? Now, I'm not saying for all of us that have never heard this before or we've, right, to we've gotten to our, our spots in life where we do need healings, we do need miracles, we do, and that God isn't going to answer you because you didn't do it right. No, God is here. But I'm just saying that when we go to the Holy Spirit and we say, heal me, sometimes he heals us and then he whispers in our ear afterwards and says, now change this so it doesn't happen again. One time Jesus healed the man that was at the pool for like 30 years. It says that the angel would stir the waters and people would get down in there and he never could get down in there. So they were walking by, and uh, uh, Jesus talked. He said, do you really want to be healed? He said, well, yeah, 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 I just don't have help getting in the pool. He said, okay, go stand up and take your mat and walk. And he did, and, and then afterwards they were talking, and Jesus said to him, he said, now be careful not to sin again. 
to get back into that situation. Now, we don't know what his sin was. Maybe he had a bad temper, and he would get angry and fight with people, and he had hurt his back. That's why he couldn't walk anymore, right? Or maybe, we don't know. We don't know what, his, what that sin was. It doesn't say what his sin was. But Jesus did tell him. We don't always see that. We see it with the woman that was caught in the very act of adultery when they were ready to stone her, where he said, you know, go and sin no more, right? Because next time around, he might not be there to rescue her, right? We'd, but what is he saying? He's like, if you continue with these behaviors, you're going to end up back in those same situations again. So we see here where he says, resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kinds of sufferings. And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, and he goes on talking about as we ask Christ into our lives, how he changes our lives. Now, I'm talking about the physical here, but really, this all goes down, whether it's spiritual, whether it's with our soul, right? We know, okay, I need to ask the Lord. I know that I'm, I'm having some um, depression issues or I'm having some anxiety issues. Again, Holy Spirit, show me, right? Is there something I can be taking? We know that the chemicals in my brain will affect that. So what can I be doing on that end of it? But then also, what am I doing that is causing those same, same issues to come? I talked to a lot of people that had a lot of anxiety during the political time. And you know what my practical was? Was stop listening to the radio. Stop going on Facebook. Stop listening to the news. If you're at the point where you already know who you're going to vote for and you're, no one's going to change your mind, why listen to it every day if you know that this is causing you anxiety and stress and it's stressing you out? So just like if I said, hey, stop eating sugar because that's affecting, right, your, your, your body, stop taking in the negative voices if that's affecting your mind, right? We all have different things. Well, every time I get, I, you know, invite my daughter over, we get into a big fight. Okay, well, how can you love her without talking about those things? How can you love her, you know, if you're an adult woman without inviting her over every single week, right? Where can you put up some boundaries, where can you change the conversation? And that's when you got to really sit down and have the Holy Spirit show you, is there a root to this? And sometimes there's not, right? Sometimes it's at nighttime when I lay in bed, I think about what happened when I was five. And so then that's the root. That's what we got to address. So we do have crushed spirits. Sometimes we have a crushed spirit because of how other people treated us. Well, my spirit is crushed, and I feel like I'm nobody and nothing because I did this when I was younger, and this is what people said to me, or this is what I say to myself because I went through this. Maybe you need to forgive yourself. Maybe you need to sit down and say, like, you know what? God loves me. I'm forgiven. But this is how the Holy Spirit does it, is he does it uniquely, and he does it differently. But we have to be willing to humble ourselves and say, I need your help. Show me. And then when he does show us, hey, it's when you start thinking about this or you need to go take care of this, and Satan comes in like a lion and he tries to be more forceful and be louder, that we need to remember he's not. Just think, imagine a little fluffy kitten with those little orange tabbies with the big fluffy thing. And, you know, he's, he's this little kitten going, Rah! that's Satan. And we all know we would never do this, but we all know if I had to go kick a kitten, if a kitten was biting a baby, let's say, and I had to go kick the kitten away, I could, right? Well, you can kick the kitten out of your life. You can kick that voice out of your head, but if you don't recognize it, instead you view it as a lion and you think it's greater than you, 
you don't, you don't come against it, do you? You don't resist it. You give in to it. So I'm going to pray for all of you. I hope, I hope all of this sinks down into your heart. Because to say, Holy Spirit, heal me is such a vast thing. What do you need healing for? Is it your body? Well, what can you be doing practically? What can we be doing spiritually? What can we be doing, right, relationship-wise? But it's the same thing. If you need healing in your soul or your spirit, what can you be doing practically? There have been times where spiritually I felt so dry that I had to just sit and read my Bible. I had to say, I'm going to read my Bible every single day. That was a practical thing. Just like I have to take food in for my body every day, I had to take food in for my soul every day until that became such a daily habit where I, I just I craved it. I wanted it. Just like a person wants chocolate every day. They, I want the word of God every day, right? And so what are some practical things that you can be doing? And, and if it's somebody in your life that you can't control, then what are some ways that you can be praying for them? And the Holy Spirit, have the Holy Spirit show you. I remember one of my, my daughter who lives down in Ohio for a while, she's far away and there was nothing practical I could do for her. And I was praying. I'm like, Lord, show me, right? And it was something as simple as fast one meal a week for her, pray for her, and call her once a week and check in on her. And I remember when I began doing that, that her and I's relationship totally shifted. All of a sudden, my desire even to want to be around her and to do different things with her changed. And her response to me changed. Now, you might think like, well, that's silly. You know, that was just a practical thing. What did that do? But the Holy Spirit showed me that those were the steps to take. And over the years, I had tried lots of different ways, right, to reconnect and to do different things. So I don't know what your situation is. I don't know what, you, what healing you need in your life, if it's spiritual, if it's a relationship, if it's a body thing. But the Holy Spirit knows what you need. The Holy Spirit wants to guide you. He wants you to humble yourself and ask him for help. And if he puts on your heart, sit down with Pastor Mary or sit down with an elder or go see your physical doctor or go talk to your Uncle Steve who's super wise, follow whatever the Holy Spirit shows you right? But don't stop asking him. Don't stop giving up on that healing. Holy Spirit wants to give you the spirit of peace and the joy, and sometimes it's a matter of just receiving that. But sometimes you need to receive that and also stop up the hole where the enemy is coming in and filling you with the anger or the doubt or the sickness. So let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that You minister to all of us in so many different ways. Help us to be wise and practical in receiving our healing from you. Help us to ask for help and to be able to listen, whether you talk to us directly or you show us through visions or or through confirmations or through three or four different signs of the same people, different ones mentioning the same idea. You know how you need to get our attention. And we are trusting that you will answer the prayers that we have. Show us where to start. Some of us probably need healing in 10 different areas of our life. So show us today, as we leave this place, one area to start with this week where we need healing. And then we are going to humble ourselves and ask you day after day after day until you make it very clear what we need to do. And if that is just to receive your healing and have a demon cast out, then show us that. Show us how to do it or who to talk to. 
But if it's something practical or relational, show us again who to go talk to, how to handle it, what we need to do to release that. But help us, Father God, to not only be filled with your Holy Spirit, to know that we're going to see heaven when we die, but to walk in peace while we're here on earth. We trust you, Jesus. We know you went to the cross for our salvation, but also for us to live life to the fullest while we're here on earth. So help us in that. Now, Father God, I come to you in the name of Jesus on behalf of every single person in this place and every single person watching on the internet. And I ask you to reveal yourself to them and to heal them right now in the name of Jesus. If it is a simple miracle, if it's a simple demon that needs to be cast out, then right now in the name of Jesus, unclean spirits, you must leave them. And I just claim healing from on high to just wash over them right now in the name of Jesus. And now I ask you, Father God, to show them in practical ways for them to be able to hold on to that healing and keep it. Just like they want to keep an empty trash can if they got to dump that trash, if they want to keep their physical healing or their emotional healing, show them what it is their body was lacking or what they needed or what they needed to be aware of that allow them to get into that place in the first place so that way they can continue to walk in this miracle, miracle healing that you have for them today. I ask you to bless them and to watch over them. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And everyone who receives that says, amen. Amen? Amen. Well, I hope you guys have a wonderful week. The Blessing Shop is open. We will be having that Good Friday service. Don't forget to tell people about it. Thank you. Oh, and I think a few of the guys were going to help me bring up a couple chairs. So if you're able to stay and move a few chairs,